0: Merry Christmas. You may remember the great scene from A Christmas Carol. Jacob Marley, Scrooge's business partner, appears in a dream carrying a heavy chain. And he said that the chain he was carrying, that he made link by link, and he was doomed to carry it for all eternity. And he made that chain with every decision he made, every selfish, heartless decision that he made. And he had come to Scrooge to warn him that he had better, better change his life. Or he would be doomed through all eternity to carry that chain. What you may not know is that Charles Dickens, when he was writing a Christmas carol he got a tremendous writer's block at the end. He didn't really know how to end the story because he was not convinced himself that a person who had lived a heartless and greedy life could truly change his life. So in the original ending of the story, before it was published, the story originally ended with Scrooge dying never changed, never having a change of heart doomed for eternity to carry the chains he had made in life. And the consequence of his decision was that Tiny Tim also died in the story. And so as he was writing the story and thinking about it and thinking about can a person really change, a person close to him said yes they can change and said, said Charles you can't allow Tiny Tim to die and yes Scrooge can change. He can change his life. People can change, even though they live the same way their whole life. Do you believe that people can change? Do you think that you can change? I wonder if there's someone here tonight that is carrying a heavy burden from their past, a bad mistake, a a life decision, and you feel weighed down by something heavy and hard tonight that keeps you tied to the past and you're dragging around this weight. Well, Charles Dickens did conclude that, yes, a human being can change. It was a personal dilemma he was personally feeling. And he said that Christmas can change a person's life. And as a result, as you remember the story, Scrooge became a different man. And Tiny Tim's life was spared. You know, my hope is that tonight that, for you, who I don't know your story, I don't know all of you, but that something would happen tonight, that something would break free in your spirit through the carols and through the music and through the communion of the song, that this night would not be just a memory of an event, but the beginning of something new. That tonight you would get a glimmer of hope, that tonight you would begin to write a new story for your life. Because you you ultimately have a choice. You may not be able to control what's happened to you in your past. You may not be able to rewrite what's happened in the past. But you ultimately have the choice to choose your future and to write another story because of the grace and love of God we see in Jesus. You know, every year, when I've been doing this for a long time, 30 years I've been preaching Christmas Eve, and every year I try to think of something new from the story that I can tell that's profound or beautiful. But really, the beauty is in the simplicity of the story. And if you look at who Jesus is and how he was born and the circumstances of his birth, and you can understand that you can understand the hope that we can all change. It's really very, very simple. Think tonight about who was the first to receive his message shepherds now now we may think highly of shepherds but in that culture shepherds were lower rung of the social scale Uh, they were considered shiftless and even perhaps thieves they were dirty they smelled like their sheep you wouldn't invite a shepherd to your home for dinner And the idea that the angels, that that God would choose shepherds to be the first ones on the earth to hear the glorious message that the Savior of the world, the Prince of Peace, was born is a remarkable thing. Think about it. What would have happened if he had chosen Herod the great king to be the first to receive his message? Maybe Herod would have given a better reception. What if he had chosen the Sanhedrin and the high holy priest Caiaphas to be the first to hear the message? Maybe they would have gone a little easier on him. What if they'd chosen his hometown synagogue in Nazareth to be the first to hear the message? The people who lived in his hometown where he was born. Maybe when he came and preached his first sermon, they wouldn't have attempted to end his life by throwing him off a cliff at Mount Precipice. But instead he chose shepherds. And maybe what that means is that his message is for truly for all people. That his message is for the left out, for the forgotten, for the ostracized, for those on the bottom. That his love is not limited to those who have a degree on the wall. That his love is not limited to those who have an office in the capital. That his love is not limited to those with a high income. That his love is not limited to those who have life figured out and put away in a well-ordered life, but for all people. You know, the message in the scripture says, for born unto us, really it should be translated born for you. He was born for you. Can you imagine what would happen if tomorrow morning you got up and you have small children and none of the packages were marked which belongs to which child in the confusion? That's why you put tags on it, right, with the names. This one goes to you and to you and to you. Tonight, if you would just hear me, wherever you are in your life, to know that there was a gift given at Christmas and it has a tag attached to it. And whose name is on it? Yours. The second thing I would have you notice about this story is where did the, where did the message come to this? Where were the shepherds living? They were living in a field filled with sheep. Let me say that one more time. A field filled with sheep. What will you find in a field filled filled with sheep. Now I don't want to be too plain tonight but when you're walking through a field filled with sheep you gotta watch where you step. Another thing I'd point out to you is this is not where they went to work. It was not a nine-to-five job they would leave their comfortable homes and go to the field filled with sheep. They lived in these fields. And what's remarkable about this story is when that announcement came, it came with an angelic choir. And the angelic choir could have showed up in the temple. The angelic choir could have showed up and sang a chorus for uh, Caesar Augustus. I mean, imagine the angelic choir had been rehearsing for this moment for centuries, for decades, for a millennium to come announce the birth of the baby Jesus. He could have gone to the the Mormon tabernacle or to the Yum Center. But instead he chose a field, filled with sheep. And it says that the glory of the Lord shone all around them. Maybe the message tonight is that maybe your life is like that field. A bit messy. And what that says to me and says to all of us is that in the mess of your life, the glory and the radiance of the Lord can shine on you. You know what it says in the story? It says they were afraid, and for good reason, because they've been taught their whole life to be afraid of him, just like today. You know the song? You better watch out. You better not cry. better not pat. I'm telling you why. Why? Because Santa's coming to town. He's making a list, and he's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty, who's nice, because Santa Claus is watching you. What a horrible song. <laughs> we teach it to our kids. We sing it to our kids. And then we wonder, why, do, why are people afraid of God? You see, his, he comes when he comes and he shines his light. It's not to condemn or to judge, but to shine us and to warm us and to bring his love. And the last thing I'd point out, notice that on that night, it was a dark, dark night. But he knew where they were. What that says to me, maybe the message of Christmas is that whatever the darkness of your life is, wherever you're living, whatever your field of your life is, no matter who you are, your station in life, no matter how dark, maybe in the darkness of your life, he can still find you. In the darkness of your depression, he can find you. In the darkness of your alcoholism, he can find you. In the darkness of your divorce, he can find you. In the darkness of your heartbreak, he can find you. Wherever you are, he can find you. And you know what I love is that this time of year, we remember all the wonderful names that we give to Jesus. It says in Isaiah, Everlasting Father. Boy, I need a father to remind me again and again how much he loves me. He calls him Mighty God. I need a mighty God to help me overcome the problems in my life that I can't overcome. I can't get rid of this heavy chain on my own. And we need, we need a wonderful counselor for guidance and for direction. And we need a Prince of Peace. But the best title of all is the name Emmanuel, which means I'm with you. So this little boy, he has a terrible dream, he's scared, wakes up in the middle of the night and he runs downstairs, gets in bed with his mom and dad and says to his dad, I had a bad dream, can I sleep with you? The dad says, sure, do you want me to leave the light on until you fall asleep? He said, no dad, I don't need to see as long as you're with me Emmanuel let me point out to you a really remarkable thing about this story perhaps it is new to me and maybe new to you it says that they went and they saw the baby Jesus they traveled a long distance and they went to see the baby Jesus in Bethlehem where he was born and there they were amazed and they heard a want. One- they saw this wonderful beautiful baby and then it says that they went back to their fields rejoicing They went back to their old job rejoicing. They went back to their old life rejoicing. And what that means to us is that we can go back to our marriage rejoicing. We can go back to the same salary that we had when we got here tonight rejoicing. We can go back to the same home rejoicing. What that means is you can leave tonight and maybe your circumstances will not change. But maybe... What needs to change first is how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your life, that you can go back to your situation in life that's messy and dark and fearful and scary and all those things, and you can go back rejoicing because you know above all nights that you are not alone. I'm going to start preaching now. Somebody's going to get excited because I bring you, I bring you good, I know we're supposed to be quiet tonight. But I bring you good news of great joy, for born this day in the city of David is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, I use these doves at the children's service. I'm going to use them tonight. But this is Willie and Pedro. They flew here all the way from Bethlehem. I would get Pedro out, but he's got dove lag. And the dove is a symbol of peace. The Prince of Peace. And one of my favorite moments in the gospel is this wonderful moment of affirmation. Jesus has just come up out of the water. He's been baptized. And then a dove descends from the heavens. Symbolizing the filling and the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life that in him we see the one fully human fully divine and then we hear the voice of God say you are my beloved and I am pleased with you you know you can write a new story you just let go of your past and welcome his love into your life descending from above and hear the beautiful words of God for you tonight, that you too are his beloved, his precious child, and he loves you.